You're listening to another podcast from Down Under Investigations. G'day and welcome to another podcast of Down Under Investigations. I'm Sarah. And I'm Simon and we're excited to have a special guest with us today. We've got Tony Adams who runs Credit Collection Australia. Um, They specialise in debt collection, surveillance and investigations. Uh, Tony himself is former uh, police officer and former military officer. I think he's still uh, part of the reserves, but I'll let him tell us a bit bit about that. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, Tony? Hey, uh, being in the police force... uh Joined the army at the age of 17 and have had various uh, roles there. I don't really go into too much about uh, my background because uh, whilst the clients might like hearing an entertaining story, I'm more interested in telling them what I can do for them to solve their problems and uh, and make their life better. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, I, I, I rely heavily on my experience in, within the police force and the army and, uh, and various other things and that I've done in the past to uh, to bring about the, the resolutions that we're looking for, whether it be debt collection or uh, investigations which uh, come in many many uh, shapes and colors um, what what's a uh, what's a win for for our client may not actually ordinarily be a win for us but if that's uh, if the clients are happy um, and they pay their bill then I'm happy yeah. because they pay their bill I know exactly what you mean we had a surveillance job recently where you know what it was just easier for us to help the client buy a camera and uh, and set it up uh, in the right spot rather than us do hours and hours of surveillance which obviously would make our company more money but that, that's fine you know as long as they get the win at the end of the day hey but I don't want to do all the talking I want to hear more about you so first question we've got um, why don't you take it away Sarah all right, so Tony, the first question we've got is, uh, what is your greatest success in your latest career? Greatest success, okay. Well, I suppose, I mean, there's, there's some, I'm very successful, so everything, but uh, if, if we're going to isolate it down to something, I probably would go back to a, um, a case where a uh, young lady, probably about 25 years old, wanted to know who her father was. Um, her mother, whether through... Uh, intentional or uh, sabotage or just having a poor memory had only had a relationship with uh, her father for a couple of weeks uh, well obviously 25 years and nine months earlier and uh, she didn't have a great deal of information to to go on Um, and through some really uh, some hard work through making some drawing some conclusions and a little bit of luck, we were able to actually put her in touch with her biological father, who she later concluded was a douche anyway and didn't want to have anything to do with him, but at least <laughs> she then knew. She knew that she didn't want him hey. in his life. Until that time, she was always wondering, and she was about to get married, which is what brought, this, uh, brought all of this on. But, uh, yeah, no, we were able to actually put them together, and she decided she didn't like him and didn't want him in her life, but then it was a decision uh, and it was a choice, not uh, something that was imposed upon her. Fair enough. So I, um, and she wrote me a lovely five-page handwritten letter about what uh, what the that result meant to her. Um, and you know, we, sometimes I think we can forget that uh, the personal aspect of the jobs for our uh, for our clients because we we give them what the uh, the information that we've gathered. We take the money, we close the file, scan it, and throw it away. But, um, you know, I think we've got a lot more uh, responsibility in, uh, in what we do because we do give these people a, a life-changing event with the information that we give them. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Just a quick question on that. So did she ask her father, the douche, did did he walk her down the aisle or did she work out he was a douche before that? No, she actually did not even invite him to the wedding. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I guess- He was that bad. But again, it was, uh, it was life-changing for her because until then she was wondering who she was and where she'd come from. Uh, and by the time she actually met him, she knew the answer to those questions. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. What a great result. Hey, um, second question we've got for you. What has been your scariest or most disappointing moment? Scariest or disappointing? You know what? I'm going to go with the disappointing because I'm not scared of anything is what the right answer of every red-blooded male would say. Fearless you are. (laughs) (laughs) Disappointing. Um, Disappointment can can come in many forms, but I think one of the most, and and I'm not going to actually isolate a moment. I'm going to isolate the many moments that, uh, that we come across. Um, the disappointment that you've given people the tools um, to to challenge their life decisions and they've chosen to ignore what they've been given. And I suppose by explanation, um, yeah, quite often we will be asked to do a fidelity job, find out if the partner's cheating. And I, I think uh, a lot of the times my disappointing moment is when we provide them with the evidence that it's happening um, and then they stay. Uh, with that partner, almost in the in the battered wife syndrome um, scenario, so I find that always disappointing. Not that I want them to change their lives if they don't want to, but I suppose I can see that they've got, you know by giving getting getting this information, they've now got the world's opened up to them. The world's their oyster. They've got a chance at a whole new start, and through through fear or ignorance, they or or just not wanting to to fail at their marriage they or their relationship they stay and uh, and their life has not become better and all they are is uh, a few thousand dollars poorer for having engaged our services and they haven't actually taken on board the uh, the opportunity that's been created i know it's amazing like they've they've might have spent hundreds or thousands of dollars on services that we provide and you've got the the clear footage that this is going on and for some reason they still want to take that person back um even though they might be a habitual cheater and yeah you just wonder sometimes but hey we we do what we do don't we and um hopefully the client takes that information and does what they need to do and Look, at the end of the day, we can't judge them or criticise them for the decisions they make. We can't control oh, no. anyone's lives. And um, It is very disappointing from our point of view because oh, we don't see it. I, I, I will actually branch out to uh, a, a fun-loving story that, uh, that, that leads into that. We, uh, we did get a job once. The, uh, the husband, uh, an old Italian couple, the husband was um, going out for walks at one or two o'clock in the morning. And he was taking three hours to go for a walk and he'd never done this before. And the wife uh, leaned into their holiday fund to have us find out what's going on with the husband, suspecting that he was having a uh, having an affair because he'd come home after two or three hours of going for a walk and then he'd have a shower. Mm. It's all very odd behaviour and and uh, one would expect that with that kind of behaviour that it's uh, it, it points towards an affair. Well, after one night of surveillance, and that's all it took because he wasn't very surveillance conscious and nor did he need to be, we followed him to a local factory to which he was cleaning. He was mopping the floors and cleaning the toilets. Wow. Uh, When we told his wife and she confronted him over this new information, he was too proud to tell his wife that he'd taken a cleaning job to add to their holiday fund so he could take her somewhere better than Queensland. 
And wow. she just drained the account get, getting him watched. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was a bit disappointing story, because <laughs> <laughs> we did, uh, we, we hacked that bill down a bit and and, uh, and really looked after her on that one. Oh, but the, uh, the disappointment uh, by herself, and I can understand where <laughs> her, uh, her, her concerns were, but yeah, that was uh, <laughs> just one of those uh, outcomes that we didn't see coming. <laughs> I know, I know. It's amazing when we go out and do some surveillance, just you never know where it's going to lead. I've said that to our listeners before. You just don't know where surveillance could take us, and you never know. You assume all signs lead to he's having the shower, you know, he's changing his clothes, he smells different. Um, oh, he's definitely cheating. He's disappearing for three hours, but <laughs> he's a cleaner. That's a, that's a brilliant story. <laughs> Too proud to tell his wife he'd taken a cleaning job. Oh, I love it. Wanted love to it. surprise her by taking her somewhere better than Queensland <laughs> with their holiday funding. So where did they end up going? Do you know where they ended up going? Uh, no, I'd, uh, I'd be making it up from there. That's all we got. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> okay, so the third question. Uh, if you had two minutes to train someone to do what you do, what advice would you give them? Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> if I was going to take two minutes, I'd probably need to speak faster than I am now. But what I would say, actually, hang on. Are you guys looking for some free advice as to how to build your business? Is that what uh, this is about? Uh, yeah, that's why we're coming to you, mate. <laughs> no. And you've only got two minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, look, the, um, uh, I'll, I'll put it to uh, investigations. Um, uh, the two-minute two rule, or it's a two-stage rule uh, that you've got to find out. Who has the information you want and under what circumstances will they give up that information? Because with every investigation, you can actually put those two points over the top of it and if you can work out those two, you are a gun investigator. So that's brilliant. That's awesome. if I only had two minutes to say to people, that's what I'd say is every, every investigation, whether it be money laundering, fraud, murder, or going to the civil side of things, you know, um, you know, um, Fidelity work, missing missing persons. Someone has the information that you want. So all you need to do is work out who's got that information and then under what circumstances will that person give up the information to you. Now it may be that you need to they need to think they're talking to someone else, or it may be that they give it up because you've just flashed a big wad of cash at them. But that's the two best things for any investigator. Work out who's got the information and then work out under what circumstances, they'll tell you. Ah, brilliant. That's great. Brilliant. So question number four, in our industry and in what we do, what do you wish you were personally better at and why? Getting paid for podcasts. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I this is going to sound like I'm not uh, taking responsibility for how good or bad I am. Um, I think I, I wish I was better at, at locating people. And having said that, there's no one I can't find. There's just a few people I haven't found yet. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I suppose this comes down to in Australia, we've got you know, huge privacy provisions over the top of, of who's got the information and under what circumstances they'll hand it out. But um, I think it's very disappointing when, uh, when a client comes to us to, to look for a, a locate. Um, and it takes us a considerable period of time to get that answer because when they're asking is when they want the answer, not you know two to four weeks later when we open up that opportunity for someone who's got the uh, information to give it to us. Yeah. So what do I wish I was better at and why? Well, 
I wish I was better at locating people so that the clients uh, are happier and uh, happy clients are a paying client. That's right. That's right. So question number five, what is your greatest advice you have ever received? Oh, okay. Can I, can I take that in two parts? Yeah, sure. sure. Okay, I've received two bits of great advice, and these this advice is advice for life, not just for investigations, but it works um, over the top. Don't ever take anyone's advice. Is the first bit of advice that I got. Um, and the irony of that advice is the second part is in uh, it does sound contrary, but it's not when you listen to the full thing. Picture your best friend or your brother or your father. Take it in context is in the exact circumstances that you're in and you go and do whatever you'd tell them to do. Um, because advice is subjective. What someone thinks is the best thing to do may not be what's best for yourself. And without having all of the information at, at your disposal, any advice that you may be giving someone else or receiving from someone else may not be qualified That's um, because they don't know of all the circumstances. So whether it be in staying with a partner uh, and quite often, as you as you, as you know, Simon and Sarah, the, we do get asked, "What would you do?" Uh, you know, after we found someone cheating or whatever, yeah. and the, the client will say, well, what, "What what do you think I should do?" And those two pieces of advice are the first words out of my mouth on every occasion, without exception, is going, "Don't take anyone's advice," because I've never been there when the partner's been very supportive. I haven't been there when the partner's worked very hard and and ha- and has a history with them. So whilst I'm only judging the partner, I keep going to say him like it's only blokes that cheat. Um, whilst whilst I've not, uh, you know, I'm only judging the partner by what we've seen or discovered them doing in recent times. Um, I can't be telling people in, in any good conscience what they should be doing because I don't have that history or, or all of the other circumstances. But then, in most of the times, if they actually superimpose themselves over a loved one. Um, they usually can tell the loved one what they should be doing and yeah, what brilliant. they're really doing is telling themselves. Yeah, that's that's brilliant advice. So next question, and we're changing tact a little bit. What is your best self-defense tool? Let's say you're out serving a doctor. My mouth. And you've got someone who's... My mouth. <laughs> no, you're running? Still my mouth. Uh, you know... Um... It can get you into trouble, but it can get you out of trouble just oh, as quickly. Brilliant. And uh, because you know, and, and uh, I'm all for defending myself and others if uh, if it gets to it. But sometimes you don't know what sort of a, a day the other party's having. They could have just received news that <laughs> that we quite often hand out that their their partner's cheating and they're just having a bad day and they're looking for someone to take it out on, um, or they're having a bad day on you know a hundred other topics. Um, quite often, sometimes bringing a little bit of humour. Or diffusing the situation to show them that you're not a threat. Yeah. One of my favourite defusing lines is, "Mate, if you're going to hit me, make it good." Because when I get up and tell my mum, you're in huge trouble. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. You definitely, uh, yeah, very good uh, piece of advice. Use your mouth, diffuse the situation, um, and bring some humour to a situation too. Uh, they, it, it just disarms people, doesn't it? Well, it certainly does. And, and I think if you start to ta- to talk with them, not at them, you know, saying, you know, back off, calm down. They're not going to listen because if they were, they wouldn't have got to this stage. But certainly a calm voice saying, 
I don't know what's happened to your day, but my attendance at your doorstep cannot possibly have you this mad. I hope your day gets better. Um, they're less likely to chase you out and try and stick, stick, stick the documents back down your shirt <laughs> if, you've, uh, if, you've, if you've had a discussion like that. <laughs> or try and go for a joke. <laughs> nice. My second best self-defense tool is the seven-foot-four giant that used to work for me. But that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> uh, hey, so I've got another question for you, and I want you to give away one of your trade secrets. What is your favorite way or what's your favorite tool to use to locate a missing or an evasive person? Oh, that's the easiest question you've asked me, Facebook. 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 Um, and Facebook. They're my three most favorite yeah. tools. <laughs> um, I, I have multiple Facebook accounts. I have uh, two where I'm a, uh, a gay guy. One of them I'm a, a gay female. Um, one of them I'm a Russian mail order bride, and another one I'm a very, very good-looking club-going uh, young lady. Um, <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. For, a, for a quick example, we uh, we had a. Uh, uh, a job actually not that long ago, Simon, where the mother wanted to know where her son was. Um, right, right that very second, and she was talking about um, tracking devices and the like, and we explained the legalities behind you know being able to track someone without their um, them being aware and what we could and couldn't do for her. But I also pointed out that none of that really matters if we don't have a good start point because the son was already out. He said he was going out for drinks with some friends. She didn't believe him. So logging on as Sveta <laughs> and finding him on Facebook, uh, pointing out that I was a young backpacker, new to Melbourne, was looking to hang out with people um, who also had gone to Swinburne College or Swinburne uh, University. Um, he promptly responded and told me exactly where he was if I wanted to come down and have a drink with him and his friends. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> good old Facebook. It's amazing what information's out there. Oh, that is so good. Such a good result. <laughs> we had one uh, similar to that where we're just for trying to find this guy to serve him with papers, and he's moved into a new house, and he went and put photos up of this new house that he moved into, and it was a suburb because uh, we we did a bit of background search. He'd moved to a suburb totally different from where he was, so we looked up all the real, local real estate agents' pages, and we found that, that street number, and then we looked at the photos that the agents had put up, and we had one that matched the exact same address so this guy moved in two days prior and we went and served him with papers and he was just amazed that we found that address we were, we were pretty shocked too it was a pretty good good result good old facebook people give so much information away <laughs> so question number eight uh what is the best book you have ever read probably the instruction manual for my phone <laughs> <laughs> um, Followed up by the ASIC Debt Collection Guidelines so I don't get into trouble. <laughs> uh, followed up by the Crimes Act to make sure I'm not doing anything wrong. That's right. And then we should probably throw the Private Agents uh, Act in there somewhere as well. Exactly. Um, best book, Art of War, Sun Tzu. Art of War, yes. Cool. That's a good one. Very cool. All right, and uh, one last question we've got for you. This is a, this is a fun question. And... Uh, 
I think it'll get some insights into who you are. If you lost everything and had to start over again and you only had your car, you only had your mobile phone and you only had $500, what would you do to set up a similar business or to get back into business? I thought that was going somewhere else for a second. <laughs> car, mobile phone, and the balaclava. <laughs> <laughs> Which suburb do you think is best to no. <laughs> um, um, okay. I think um, you need to align yourself with the clients. When I first uh, when I first started going out in business, I was uh, very keen to have the clients trust me and then pass on my details because if someone does it, I think debt collection and investigations is quite a bit like a lawyer and an accountant. Very rarely do people just unless they absolutely know no one, very rarely will they just pluck you out of the, the yellow pages or off Google. If there's anyone in their family who have used a, a lawyer or an accountant or in our circumstances a, a debt collector or a private investigator before, they will pass on the details if they've been even three quarters happy. So keeping the clients happy is the key. We, uh, we actually put ourselves out there on a no win, no fee system Therefore, there's little risk and you can pick up a lot of work because there's little or no risk from the, uh, from the client. Um, we did offer to take a larger percentage than what some of the other debt collection companies would, but uh, that percentage is negated by the fact that there's no risk to the clients if you don't collect. Yeah, that's and the, other benefit that, that, the other benefit that comes from that is if you, if you really do look at, the, at a debtor and they can only afford to pay your client $5,000 out of 10000 when you're giving the client the recommendation that they accept the $5,000, it's not because you're trying to close the job quickly because, in effect, you're halving your fee as well. Yeah, so they can, they, can, uh, they can feel comfortable that you, your fate is aligned with them and, therefore, if you're making that recommendation, then that is the best way, in your opinion, to go. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we, we operate on that no win, no fee basis for debt recovery too. I think the ones that, you know, trying to charge clients up front, it's not doing your client any any favours. You know, they've already lost money. They're already out of pocket and now you're going to slug them with another fee. Whereas, yeah, if we work on the commission, it really gives the incentive for our agents to get those recoveries in the door, get out on the road, go visit the debtors and, um, you know, obviously we can't break kneecaps or anything like that, but, you know, it means they're going to get out there and get face to face with a debtor and yeah <laughs> that's it and uh new, do what they can yeah oh. oh look i don't know how you operate but we definitely don't do that here <laughs> no no we don't do that either oh great <laughs> uh it's been great talking to you um, thanks for coming on our podcast today. Yeah, we really appreciate your time. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Tony, feel free to contact us and we'll put you through. Um, you know, he's another great associate of ours. And yeah, really thank you a lot from on behalf of our listeners. I know we've all learned a lot and we've been highly entertained with with the, the chat we've had today. So that's uh, just wrapping it up from Down Under for another podcast. For more information on how we can help, go to downunderinvestigations.com or call one 800 749 007.